Hello, this is Ian Harper welcoming you to Business of Weather podcast, produced in association with Intermet Digital, the online portal dedicated to extreme weather and climate change, flooding and poor air quality. In each episode, we'll investigate the increasing impact of extreme weather and climate change on business and society, and how weather technology and information services can address the growing challenges. The aim is to spotlight the opportunities for entrepreneurs, startups, and investors to develop the business potential of assisting weather affected enterprises. You make the decision to buy or to sell. No one tells you to do it. No one makes you do it. It's your money. If you're right, uh, you know, you win. If you're wrong, you lose. I mean, it really is democracy. Like the trader speaking over the New York Stock Exchange bell says, you make the decision to buy or to sell. No one tells you to do it. No one makes you do it. But to make the decision that best suits you requires information. And when it comes to climate change, you probably want information about the impact the company you plan to invest in has on the climate. For example, what's the carbon footprint of that company's activities? If you have a financial advisor, then the chances are that he or she can help you here. But if you don't have an advisor, but prefer to do your own wheeling and dealing on the stock markets, what can you do then? Well, One possibility is to use an app that provides you with precisely the sort of information you need to green your own investments. In this episode of Business of Weather, we speak to Josh Gregory, the founder of Sugi. Sugi is a new smartphone app that draws on specialist data to help you check the carbon impact of your investments and compare them against similar investments and tailored performance benchmarks. Josh Gregory, welcome to Business of Weather. Hi, it's nice to be here. Good to have you. Now, Josh, can you please tell me a little bit about yourself? I'm I'm Josh Gregory. Um, I'm founder and CEO of Sugi, which is an investment transparency platform available um, for iOS, and we're about to launch on the App Store. So we help people understand the impact of their investments and how they can take action to improve it. Uh, We cover a huge number of shares, uh, as well as ETFs, funds, investment trusts, and we automatically connect to all the biggest UK brokers, and we also let people input their portfolios manually. Okay, just to follow that up, from your own personal perspective, what do you believe is the number one risk posed by climate change? It's a really good question, because I think I'm going to kind of go a bit meta on that and say the number one risk is we don't know what the risks are. Um, And there are any number of things that could happen which we can't predict. Um, Runaway effects from, say, melting of the ice sheets or um, from outgassing from the Siberian tundra, for example. And I think there's so much we don't know about what will happen with climate change that with, you know, for example, with the precautionary principle, we absolutely have to be doing something to prevent it happening in the first place. And of course, there are all the terrible effects of climate change, such as the seas rising and, and you know, lots of biodiversity and things like that. But for me, the thing that keeps me up at night is the thought that we don't know really what's going to happen. Now, I just want to move on and ask you a few questions about Suji the business. Now, a key aim of business of weather is to highlight the business opportunities of extreme weather and climate change, especially the opportunities for new business startups and SMEs, which are often seen as more innovative than their larger and more established counterparts. So, can you please tell me, what brought you into the area of green investing and inspired you to set up Suji? 
Um, I started off my career as a corporate lawyer and I did a lot of environmental investment funds, environmental work um, in the city of London. Um, I quit being a lawyer and I went off to do a, a master's degree at Imperial, uh, Imperial London um, and basically decided to pivot into environmental policy, environmental finance. And I worked for several years at a number of think tanks, international think tanks, um, which uh, were basically looking at how we can increase conservation finance, international finance for sustainable development. Um, and about two to three years ago, I, I came up with the idea of Sugi and I decided that there was something that I could bring from that part of my career into actually setting up my own company. Um, so the answer, I guess I've been in sort of green investing, I suppose, both privately, but also as part of my career for around sort of eight to 10 years now. Okay, thanks. Now, I've heard more than one venture capitalist advise startups to spend all the money they can raise and to raise money faster than they can spend it, which sounds to me pretty good advice. But can you tell me how you went about raising the funds to start the business in the first place? And is life for Sugi a more or less continuous round of fundraising? Well, yes, it is a continuous round of fundraising, to, to agree with you, uh, first of all. Um, as, as, as ever, as with most startups, the, the first sort of, you know, couple of pounds was from friends and family. Uh, we quickly broadened out to a group of angels who believe in what Sugi was doing. Um, so we've, we've been, we've gradually, gradually broadened the, the pool of uh, investors in Sugi. And we did a crowdfund about two months ago on Crowdcube, uh, where we broadened it further and had a number of investors from across the world, um, every continent probably, um, investing in Sugi, which is really exciting. Okay, now the importance of marketing and understanding your target customer base is something that's often given less emphasis by startups than perhaps it should be. What role does marketing and understanding your target customers have at Sugi? And what makes you confident that retail investors are sufficiently concerned about the carbon footprint of their investments to make your business work? Well, to, we, we did some market research when we first started Sugi around a year and a half ago to actually understand what, what the retail investment attitude towards uh, environmental footprints were. Um, and it supported what, what became Sugi, what became our business idea. And there's around, I think, three and a half million retail investors in the UK who have an ISA or a SIP um, on the major platforms, uh, such as Hargreaves, Lansdowne um, and AJ Bell, the attractive investor, you know, the major ones. And our, our market research basically verified that around 33% of those, not 33%, it wasn't that accurate, but it was around 31%, I think, um, were really interested in green investing and wanted to learn more about their investments. And since then, actually, there's been a huge number of uh, verifications in the media around, uh, around the increasing interest in green investing. There was, there was some research published by BlackRock quite recently, which highlighted around 70%, so much higher than actually from our, from our panel. Um, so the, the desire is there. And what we're basically doing is, is abstracting a lot of the environmental information from ESG, which is very much a financial risk metric and also includes a lot of extraneous information that doesn't necessarily relate to the retail investment experience and really boil it down to some key metrics which are important to consumers. And, for example, carbon footprint is something that's very familiar, that people are familiar with from other aspects of their life. It's been a big part of the... Um, of, of, of public life for maybe 20 years now so that's where we started off with Sugi obviously we're not going to keep it focused on carbon footprint and we just actually launched a temperature feature as well um, but they're, they're, it's definitely verified by what we've seen in the market and the response to the app so far. 
Now, I'd like to learn a little bit more about your business model. Is Sugi intended to be business based only on an app? Or is your vision of a business which extends beyond an app? At the moment, we're concentrating on iOS um, and we'll shortly be releasing very soon on, on iOS. We're then going to be developing for Android and potentially a web platform as well to make it easier for people to look at their brokers as well as Sugi at the same time. Um, obviously, we have plans beyond that um, and we're looking at different channels and how to make Sugi more effective and, and, and access more of, more of the market. But uh, that will have to be re- revealed in, in due course, I'm afraid. Okay. Now, Sugi currently has a team of seven and is hiring more people. Tell me about the skill sets that you're seeking when you recruit and how they relate to the roles that need to be fulfilled to make Sugi a success. So far, we've, we've, had, we've been very lucky with the people on our team that have all been extremely skilled individuals, um, very smart, and everyone's extremely motivated as to what Sugi's doing. So everyone wants to make a difference, understands the concept behind Sugi, is completely on board with the idea that we need to radically address climate change. So I think, you know, um, we're, we're, we're essentially a values-led company, so almost number one is that you have to agree with what we're doing. Um, that it is the importance of it and then you know people who are entrepreneurially minded who can work you know self-directedly people who are smart people who are you know but also team players it's it's the usual sort of sort of checklist of things that you would like (laughs) now i understand that at present sugi isn't making any money but that as you introduce new features to the app you may well charge for them tell me about your plans for new features what they might offer and how you plan to actually monetize them a great deal of that will obviously be under, under wraps for some time. Um, we, we have revealed that we will be producing a premium version of the app, um, which provides more granular impact, impact information and more different types um, on people's investments, um, which means that if you're particularly interested in, in, in the, uh, the footprint or the natural footprint of your investments, then you can, you can pay for that premium version. And we have another, uh, a number of other revenue streams that we're going to be implementing in the short, short to medium term as well. Uh, can you say anything about these other revenue streams? <laughs> I could, but everyone else in the team would, would um, yeah, shoot me after this. So <laughs> I can't. I'd love to. Now, another key issue for many business startups, and like marketing is one that's often neglected, is how easily competitors can actually copy what they're doing. That is, how low or high are the barriers to entry? So tell me, what would you see, say as the Sugi app's unique selling point and how this might insulate you from what, uh, what others might copy? Or are there some competitors out there already? Well, Sugi is, in a sense, first to market with this particular product, uh, with the carbon impact, as well as the, the benchmarking and the, com- the comparisons, um, as well as the global warming alignment in terms of being aimed at retail investors. Obviously, a lot of this stuff has been available for professional investors, for asset managers, for institutional investors, but there's never really been something like Sumi where people can you know, look at it in, the, in their hand uh, without you know, accessing a kind of costly platform. Um, the, our, our competitive advantage with, with um, fintech, obviously, a lot, of, a lot of the people that go into fintech do have a lot of investment sort of securities background. And if you compare that with our team, who are basically coming from the environmental side, so I've had this background in environmental finance for close to 10 years. Um, The other members of the team all have really, really thorough environmental backgrounds. I think it gives us that edge in terms of really understanding the environmental data that we are presenting to people and how it can be distilled and and verified in in a way that makes sense, as well as visualised. 
Um, and then I suppose the competitive advantage to existing uh, existing apps in the market who provide environmental information is that we are literally independent. We are third party. We're not trying to sell you investments. So some of, some of the brokers or some of the robo advisors could put this kind of information in their apps, but ultimately it will be um, it will be from them, for example. Business of Weather, spotlighting the business opportunities of extreme weather and climate change. Okay, I'd just like to move on now to ask you how you engage with your user community. So tell me, what sort of information does Sugi make available or communicate to the users of your app? So we show people their absolute climate impact in tons, and that's both for individual investments at a portfolio, under the portfolio level. And we also tell people how, how good or bad their individual investments are in relation to a tailored benchmark which we generate for each investment. So it's um, a synthetic benchmark, which is most appropriate for each one. Um, and we do this with a visualization of green and red clouds. So um, if you're, you're green, if you're underneath the benchmark, and red if you go over the benchmark. And the aim is with the app to go all green, um, which shows that you have an entire portfolio of below average impact. Obviously, you can minimize your impact in other ways, but that's a very kind of quick visual nudge as to how well you're doing. Um, and we also tell people the temperature alignment of their portfolio. So are their investments aligned with a two degree world or a 1.5 degree world or even a 4.5 degree world? And quite often the answer is quite surprising um, in terms of regular regular portfolios as to what level of global warming they're associated with. Right. So your users are getting information about the carbon impact of their investments and they're also getting information relating to what the carbon impact of those investments, what the implications are for global temperatures. So that's correct, is it? That's right, yeah. Do you have any plans to offer them any more types of information in the future? Yes, these are, these are the key, the key the climate-related data points we want to offer. Um, we're looking at also trying to understand how we can present to users, individual companies, how whether they're sitting... For example, carbon reduction targets would be very interesting to know. Um, or are they are they involved in, for example, green revenues? So they may have high emissions, but they're actually producing something which is good for the planet. You know, they're involved in climate solutions. So it's really how we can make our offering more sophisticated in that sense. Um, and then obviously there are other aspects of, of, of natural footprinting that we'd like to get involved with um, as time goes by. Do you think one area you might take into account will be how well a company is developing innovative ways, for example, of tackling climate change? Or whether an attractive looking company is exposed to suppliers with a high carbon footprint? Well, that, that, that's that's a very interesting question. So I think with our, with our climate solutions, um, uh, product when, when we when we when we when we launch that um, that will probably address the idea of a, co- a company that's actually involved in addressing climate change um, and then on the, the, the point about a tra- attractive looking company um, being exposed to suppliers with a high carbon footprint we do actually capture scope three emissions so that scope three uh, looks at upstream so supply as well as downstream uh, sales um, emissions so we, we do actually capture that as part of the um, calculation uh, for individual companies. Right. Now, I'd just like to move on to the uh, the matter of regulation. Financial advice in the UK is stringently regulated by such agencies as the Financial Conduct Authority. So, Josh, can you first explain the situation with Sugi? 
Are the activities you carry out regulated? And if not, then what is it that sets you apart from regulated financial advice? Well, Sugi, Sugi does not carry out any activities that are regulated by the FCA. We've, we've had um, good legal advice on that respect. Um, we, we give people factual impact information about their investments. We don't advise on the investments. We don't, we don't give any financial information about people's investments. Um, we don't arrange the investments. We don't act as an intermediary. And we also don't sell investments. So um, essentially, there's no need for us to be regulated. Now, from my own conversations with investors and with fund managers, it's pretty apparent that climate change is coming to have an increasingly significant impact on investment decisions. So in that sort of situation, do you believe that the use of such apps as Sugi should be regulated? or indeed may become regulated as the impact of climate change becomes more significant? Well, I, I, think, I think personally speaking, I don't think what we're doing should, should be regulated. I believe, you know, we're a transparency platform and that we're providing information that is already out there, but just not being available to a specific market. Um, so I think, I think the point for us is that there is a lot of regulation coming down the road and it's going to affect asset managers, for example, sustainable finance disclosure regime, is came into force about a month ago or two months ago now um, and will there'll be more aspects of it coming into force over the next few years and sugi in in the sense that it puts the information in the hands of consumers might prompt asset managers might prompt um, these platforms to provide more information sooner rather than later because it's already out there so to speak um, so, so regulation is something that sugi is really interested in from a from a separate uh, point of view um, and it's extremely important in this sphere Business of Weather, spotlighting the business opportunities of extreme weather and climate change. Okay, thanks. Now, the next area I want to uh, look at is the key area of data. The data you provide investors, which is critical to the effective functioning of the uh, the Sugi app. Now, your website says Sugi has an objective measure of the carbon impact of investments whereas the ESG sustainability ratings used by fund managers to rate companies can be based on what you call highly subjective methodology, and that this makes it difficult to compare ratings across different industries. So can you please explain what it is that makes the measures Sugi uses objective while the sustainability ratings used by fund managers are subjective? Well, I think the point about carbon emissions is obviously... The way they are measured and, you know, and who is who is taking the measurements and, and whether there's any modelling involved. And of course, that is, you know, different from provider to provider can involve some element of, of choice on the provider's point, provider side. Whereas but the point about carbon emissions is they are a quantitative measure. And when you look at ESG ratings, they tend to be, um, they're not, they are a quantitative measure, but the, the quantification is simply an arbitrary fa- uh, number. So, or a letter between A and F, for example, 0 to 100. Um, and the, the idea that ESG ratings are subjective is simply because they are composed of often over 100 different um, uh, factors, um, which relate to different aspects of a company's sustainability in both in environmental, social and governance. Um, and the way those factors are weighted in the entire web, in the entire rating is a subjective decision by that ratings provider. And even if you know each ratings provider had the same number of same set of factors, they may they may choose different weightings for different reasons. So there is this kind of secret source that goes into ESG ratings, which is very opaque and very difficult to understand, and also makes it less useful for people who are just interested in specific aspects of investments. 
Um, and obviously the point about carbon emissions is it is a very specific aspect of investments and it should be broken out and that's what Suki does. Right now, good data, which is reliable and accurate, is pretty fundamental to your business model. So let's just take a look at the data you actually use to generate the information you pass on to the users of the Sugi app. I believe you get this data only from S&P Global TrueCost. Is that correct? And why did you choose TrueCost as your data supplier? So TrueCost are one of you know, maybe four or five major global suppliers of environmental data. And when we did our original um, tender, they came across as the best, um, both because of the breadth of their coverage, they actually have the largest number of, of companies that are covered, um, but they also, um, the, the breadth of the environmental data under, underline as well in terms of different data points. So allowing for, you know, Sugi's potential expansion in the future. Um, they also cover a huge amount of the equity market. So over 95% of the, the global market cap um, and they also cover ETFs, funds, and trusts. Um, they also uh, provide a temperature alignment data, data set, um, which most of the other providers don't at this time, which means that we can provide users with their portfolio temperature as what global warming they're, they're associated with their portfolio is. I mean, as you just said, there, there are a number of other specialists which supply similar data, uh, for example, MSCI, which is actually owned by Moody's uh, S&P competitor Moody's. Sustainalytics, the climate company, etc. Now, fund managers would tend to get their data from a number of suppliers. So why do you get your data from just one supplier or do you plan to diversify in the future? Well, we've actually we've actually done a, a fresh overview of the market in the last couple of months as to whether or not, you know, what the, what the landscape is for environmental metrics. And I think S&P is still up, up, up in the front um, in terms of their offering. I think obviously it would be good to, you know, take a number of data offerings from different providers. But as a young startup, we obviously have to minimise our data costs. Um, and we're, we're very confident about the robustness of the S&P data. So we don't feel like we need to have a number of, of different data providers to create an average or to create understanding in that perspective. Okay. Now, do you do any data analysis in-house? Or if not, do you plan to do so? We do a lot of data processing in-house, and that's how we create our derived data from the from the data that comes in, the raw data that we receive. Um, we don't do any any fresh data analysis, so we don't gather data, um, and I don't think that's necessary on CV's horizon for the moment. Okay, thanks. Now, I'd just like to take a look ahead into the, uh, the crystal ball, really, um, and to bring our discussion to a conclusion, uh, just two final questions. First, what lessons would you pass on to budding entrepreneurs keen to do something about climate change? Uh, uh, well, there are so many different aspects to the fight against climate change that's a really fascinating area to be in. So, you know, there's, there's forests, there's, um, there's development, there's renewable energy, uh, there's the circular economy. So I, I think just try and find the, the part, of, part of the fight against climate change that you're most interested in, and then you can bring that passion both for climate change, but also for that particular sector, for that particular um, subject matter to your to your business, whatever that business might be. Okay, and one final question. If there was one thing you would do differently, what would it be? Very interesting question. Um, I, I think I think most most of the things that have happened which have um, had a potentially negative consequence, I've been able to draw learnings from. So looking back, obviously there are some things I've might have done differently but then 
I wouldn't have had that that learning opportunity. So I, I don't I don't think I would have actually done them differently. There's a bit of a kind of circular argument, but yeah. Well, that concludes today's interview. So Josh Gregory, CEO and founder of Sugi, thank you very much for your time and I wish you and your colleagues well with the venture. Thanks very much. You've been listening to Business of Weather, the only podcast dedicated to the business opportunities of extreme weather and climate change.